Welcome to the Freelance Indexer Exchange. I'm Michelle Giuliano, and I'd like to start a conversation with you about indexing. I sometimes find the business of freelancing lonely and isolating. How about you? Do you ever wonder whether it has to be this way? So let's talk about the hard stuff, because we can do better together. Hello. I'm so happy you could join me today for what was supposed to be the final episode of Season 1 of the Freelance Indexer Exchange. Today is all about you and your questions. I had received a nice range of questions from both newish indexers and experienced indexers. To keep my episode to a reasonable length, I just decided to divide the Q&A episode into two parts. In today's episode, I will be answering two questions from newish indexers, and next week I'll dive into the questions that were sent in by experienced indexers. Let's begin. Here's question one. Sandy wrote to me, I am interested in freelance indexing. Do you have any suggestions on how to break into the indexing profession? First of all, thank you, Sandy, for reaching out. What a great question. I do hope you join us. I have found indexing to be a rewarding profession, and I know that many of my colleagues agree. Unfortunately, Sandy, though, you didn't give me much information to go on to really know what your what kind of information you really are seeking. So I'm going to try to answer this question in a general way, and hopefully you'll find the information helpful. Let me start by assuming you haven't taken an indexing course yet. My advice would be, the first thing you should do is to find out more about the profession. How did you first hear about indexing? Was it from a friend, a neighbor, a colleague? You should realize and keep in mind that you can always go back to that person to ask more specific questions. But if they are the only indexer you know, don't be entirely swayed by your comments, whether they are good or bad. Because you want to be able to put their comments into context, so maybe ask them a few more questions. For example, you want to know whether they are indexing full-time or part-time or even just occasionally because that can color their responses. You might also want to ask if they need to supplement their income, um, their indexing income with other freelancing gigs or another job. And you should ask them if this is by choice. Do they have to do that because they're not getting enough indexing jobs? Or are they doing it because they like the variety? For example, some indexers edit or proofread in addition to indexing because they like the variety. Others do that because they haven't built up a big enough clientele to index full time. And like I mentioned earlier, this is going to give you context for their comments. If they say they are making enough money to support their family and their spouse stays at home, you might feel that's a great sign. You're gonna be able to start off and do the same right away. But ask how long it took him to get to that point. I have yet to meet an indexer who achieved this kind of income in their first year if they entered the field as a new indexer with no history in the publishing field. Maybe an indexer could do this if they already were in publishing and they have indexing experience under their belt and they have plenty of connections to feed them jobs right away. But I personally feel this would put a lot of pressure on a freelancer in any publishing field, especially an indexer, since indexing requires specialized skills. I have found indexing to have a steep learning curve. Again, that's just my opinion, but I think you need to keep in mind 
these kinds of things when you process their comments. I have been told that it takes three years to develop your indexing freelance business to the point where you're working as much as you want and you might be starting to get to the point where you are turning away assignments. I have personally found that to be true. And it's a good way to look at your indexing business. Growing your business is a marathon and not a sprint to the top. If you need to support yourself or your family with indexing, I do want to caution you that most people have savings to supplement their initial indexing income, or they trim expenses, or rely on a spouse or partner to help them support them or their family as they start out in their indexing business. Other index indexers start out by keeping their full-time job or going part-time. To find out more about indexing, you don't only have to rely on people that you can reach out to, you can also read about indexing. I like Nan Blodgett's book, An Accidental Indexer, to start with because it's not too technical and it's a narrative of one person's journey. It's more about the experience of becoming an indexer rather than how to be an indexer, which is what most um, books are about. As you read the book, do the things that Nan talk, talks about do they resonate with you? Do you feel that you have an aptitude to do some of the things Nan writes about? I'm going to include a link in the show notes to Nan's book because I think you might find it to be a really good read. Another way to find out more about indexing is to contact indexers in your local area. You don't know where to find them? A good place to search is on the various professional association sites or in indexer directories. And if you find someone close by, you might want to reach out to them. Contact them by email, explain that you're considering entering the profession. Ask them out for coffee, letting you letting them know that you'd just like to talk a little bit about indexing and ask some questions. Indexers are a very friendly bunch, and you never know, they might be eager to have a local colleague, and they might be looking for someone to help them. Many indexers have started their indexing career under the wing of an experienced indexer. And that could be you too. Other indexers, myself included, took a course on indexing before diving into their business. It's a great way to dip your toe into the water. I personally did not feel up to doing my first job after taking a course without additional instruction from a fellow experienced indexer. An indexing course is an investment in both time and money. And additional training like what I went through was another financial and time investment. Again, your needs and expectations should be considered before diving in. Indexing requires special skills that, in my opinion, has a steep learning curve. And you also have to purchase and learn how to use specialized indexing software. It's different for writers who can start with their laptop in a Word program. Specialized indexing software can set you back at least $500, unless you use Macrex, which you can download for free. But both Sky and Syndex cost over $500. Macrex website lets you download it for free, but it does ask for a donation to support the maintenance of the website. In terms of course costs, the Berkeley course, which is the one I took, it's a popular online course and it does cost over 600 US dollars. 
I also use a paid premium PDF program over the free versions that are available because I like the different tools that they offer. And that can cost anywhere from $75 to as much as $600, depending on the program that you choose. I use one that costs about $135. And that's a standalone program. It's not a subscription program. So once you spend that money, unless you pay for support, which I do, um, that's a set cost. Indexing is a rewarding career. But more is involved than simply hanging out your shingle or these days setting up a web presence. Let me recap by saying that becoming an indexer requires both an investment in time and money. I know I'm sounding like a broken record. You could easily spend over $2,000 or more investing in a computer, software, education, books, business fees, and memberships. And as I mentioned earlier, it might take up to three years or longer, depending on how comfortable you are marketing yourself, to develop a thriving indexing business. So you should talk to people you know about indexing if you happen to know an indexer, but always ask enough questions so that you can put their their comments in context. You can see if you can find other local indexers by looking in indexer directories. I also suggest reading a book like Nan's book to get a more personal view of someone's journey from start to um, a thriving business. And again, invest in an indexing course or additional training from an experienced indexer. Sandy, I wish you lots of luck on your journey. Now I'm going to go on to question two. It's another question from a newish indexer. They write, I am new to indexing. You have discussed how to prepare an estimate on your podcast already, but I'd love to hear some specifics about how to set my rates as a new indexer. How do I find what other indexers are charging? And I'm hoping you'll answer one more question. Because I've been indexing less than a year, do you think I should set my rates lower than established indexers? What a great question. I really appreciate all of you reaching out with your questions. So let's start with the first one that this indexer, this newish indexer asked. There is no rate sheet for indexing, but surveys have been done by different associations to um, get an idea of what different indexers are charging. The American Association for Indexing does a survey every five years, and the Indexing Society of Canada, Canada did one last year. Detailed results are available to members only, but ASI does list a summary on their website, and I will put a link to that in the show notes. I do want you to realize that the results that ASI is posting is not divided into the types of indexing. The Editorial Freelance Association also posted their rate survey results from 2019, but their rate is an hourly rate. They calculated the hourly rate based on survey results. And again, they do not break down the results into different types of indexing. And I want just want you to keep that in mind. Um, you can also feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to send anyone who asks the res- um, for the results of my 2021 rate survey. And I did look at rates for different types of indexing. Um, so that will divide it into scholarly indexing, textbook indexing, and tradebook indexing. I will put my email in the show notes, and you can also reach out to me through the freelance indexer exchange box. I will also, I've also decided to reopen the 2023 rate survey that I had open briefly in the spring. I'll do that at the end of the month, if, and so if anyone wants to participate in that, be sure to come back and look for that. 
The more people that participate, the more robust the results. Since this podcast popularity has grown substantially over season one, I think it's worthwhile reopening the survey to new responses. Like I said, there'll be a link in the show notes when it's live, so be sure to check back for that. And now, let me go on to setting your rates. My first piece of advice to all indexers, whether you're new or experienced, is you should not set your prices according to what other people are charging. You might either overprice or underprice yourself. As I alluded to in my estimate podcast episodes, you need to calculate your desired hourly rate first before setting your rate. And here are some points to consider when you think about what you want or need your desired hourly rate to be. What do you need to make per hour to meet your personal expenses and your saving goals with the amount of time you have to devote to indexing? That is, do you need to cover your housing, health insurance, food, and other expenses on your own? Or do you share the expenses with a partner or a spouse? Or do you have a part-time or full-time job that your index income is supplementing? And do you have the ability to use that as you're growing the business? Now let me ask another question. How much time do you have to dedicate to indexing? Is your, uh, are your hours limited by childcare duties or caring for an elderly relative? And again, do you have a part-time or full-time job that you need to work indexing around? Another consideration in calculating your hourly rate and taking into account the number of hours you have to rate you have is how quickly can you index? If you compare two indexers who want to make the same desired hourly rate, the indexer who can index 10 pages per hour for a trade book will naturally need to set a higher project rate than someone who can index the same book at 20 pages per hour. So that's a really important consideration. You want to know how much do you need to make to um, you know, pay your expenses and have some savings. You want to think about how much time you have to dedicate to indexing and how quickly you can index. There are many moving parts in this equation and I'm only brushing the surface. There's a lot to consider in this and it's gonna take more than just answering a question on a Q&A episode. It's, you could write a whole book on this. But I thought that was important to talk about before I go on to the question that you had about pricing yourself lower than an experienced indexer. This is a very personal decision and I cannot tell you what to do. However, let me point out to you that as a newish indexer, your desired hourly rate will be lower than an experienced indexer because you are indexing at a slower rate and probably will take longer to edit if you charge the same rate or the same project fee as an index as an experienced indexer. This is a different situation than let's say a proofreader because proofreading is typically done by the hour. An experienced proofreader will get done more in that hour, so it's reasonable to consider charging less than an experienced proofreader to give your client the same value for their money. But remember, indexers are rarely paid by the hour. Your desired hourly rate is calculated based on the page rate that you're charging and or the project fee. I hope that helps you out in um, coming up with how to set your fee 
and what you should consider if you want to charge less than an experienced indexer. Like I said, I still have a few questions to answer from experienced indexers, and I'll do that next week. So that's like a bonus episode for the season when I originally only meant it to be 16 episodes. But that's not the bonus content I mentioned at the end of episode 15. I will have a short interview series that you won't want to miss coming out, I hope, in July. And now it's time for the See Also segment, when I talk about something related to the episode, but not directly. Today I'm going to mention two books that I found to be very handy when I was a new indexer. The first one is by Glenda Brown and John Jeremy, and it's called The Indexing Companion. An excellent book, very approachable in tone, and not overly academic. I highly recommend it. The other book that is also very approachable and a great book for indexer, new indexers to have on hand is The Handbook of Indexing Techniques by Linda Federer. Take a look at that. They're both available on Amazon, and I can put a link to them in the show notes. A third book that I have a feeling will be a great resource for new indexers is by Stephen Alstrom, and that book is called Book Indexing, A Step-by-Step Guide. It's not out yet. As soon as it comes out, I'm going to buy a copy, and I will give a review of it. I hope you found this episode to be helpful. Feel free to drop a suggestion or a comment in the exchange box. The link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Freelance Indexer Exchange. Until next Monday, be well and do well, and happy indexing.